Jesus is taking the road to Jerusalem. It's quite a road, this road where poor Bartimaeus sat, day after day, sightless, begging. It's quite a road which Bartimaeus found himself walking on that day, following the son of David toward Jerusalem. The road stretches backward from here, back through most of Mark chapter 10. Back up the road, back towards the head of the chapter, people were bringing little children to Jesus. Jesus' disciples rebuked them, but Jesus stated emphatically, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Shortly after this, Mark writes, As Jesus was setting out on the road, a man came running to him and knelt before him, saying, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? The rich young man. And after conversing with him about the commandments, Jesus calls the man to sell all that he has and give it to the poor, and then come, follow me. But the man had to go away, sorrowful, for he had great possessions. How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. As Jesus continues down the road in Mark chapter 10, he pre predicts his betrayal, his suffering and death, and his resurrection. He is very clear with his disciples where this road is heading. We are going up to Jerusalem, Jesus says. On this road, just before our reading, James and John have approached Jesus. Teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask of you. And Jesus replies, what do you want me to do for you? Same question that he will ask Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? They then ask Jesus that when he comes into his glory, one of them may sit at his right hand and the other on his left. This request, Jesus has to refuse. The disciples are a little bit put back by overhearing James and John. They begin to argue amongst themselves, and Jesus has to warn them against self-exaltation. Whoever would be first among you must be the slave of all. And Jesus reminds them what kind of a road it is that they are traveling here. Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And then, here in our text, this road to Jerusalem leads through Jericho, where our Bartimaeus sits, shouting, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Like those bringing children to Jesus, Bartimaeus, too, finds himself rebuked by those around him. But Bartimaeus is sitting on the road of Jesus' walk to Jerusalem. On this road, lowly drooling children are drawn near to the passing king, while the rich and self-perfected man must go away in sorrow. On this road, the passing king is asking his subjects, what do you want me to do for you? And on this road, the king refuses the ambitious request of James and John, 
those disciples from Jesus' innermost circle who are perpetually right by his side throughout the narrative, even when all others are left outside. And yet on this road, the king accepts and grants the request of a blind beggar who during all the excitement of Jesus' visit to Jericho, during all of the time when the crowds were thrilling and amassing and buzzing with excitement at Jesus' presence in their midst, who through all of this has sat alone and isolated on this road which leads from town. It is this road which Bartimaeus finds himself sitting alongside, and it is this king whom he finds himself shouting to. And so Bartimaeus is undaunted by the rebuke of others. He just shouts all the louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops in the road. He calls Bartimaeus to himself. He restores his sight. He commends his faith. And he tells him that he may depart. Jesus, who called the rich young man to come and follow me, only to see him depart in sorrow, dismisses Bartimaeus, only to find him following him down the road at the end of our pericope. Son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus is the first person in the Gospel of Mark to speak about Jesus in these terms, Son of David. The very next scene in the gospel is Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, where he will be hailed as the bringer of the kingdom of our father David, the son of David. God's people had held out such great hope because of God's promises regarding the son of David. Of the increase of his peace and of his government, there will be no end. He will reign on the throne of his father David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from that time forth and forevermore. The wolf shall lie down with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them. The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse, the son of David, shall stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will inquire of him, and the place of his rest shall be glorious. So many promises, such rich promises spoken by God about this son of David. But the sons of David failed. Wise Solomon, builder of the temple, sage of Israel, became idolatrous Solomon, collector of wives, enslaver of his own people. And after Solomon, things just continued downward. The sons of David did not lead the people in the fear of Yahweh. They did not lift up the poor and lowly and establish justice and righteousness in Israel. Like Ahaz, they preferred their own counsel and devices to the help of the Lord their God. Like Manasseh, they multiplied false gods in the midst of the people, imported to please imperial powers, and they persecuted the prophets whom God sent to them. 
Like Jehoiachin, they led the people of Israel further and further into darkness and bondage until finally, under King Zedekiah, in 587 BC, the house of David was decisively visited and judged by God. God stirred up the Babylonians, the mighty armies of King Nebuchadnezzar, and they came pouring down into the land from the north. They came up against the city of Jerusalem and surrounded it. Like a bird in a cage, they had Zedekiah, the son of David, trapped. Only this time, there would be no escape. This time, the house of David, the sons of David, had failed altogether. Seeing his predicament, King Zedekiah fled from Jerusalem. The prophet Jeremiah had warned him, Zedekiah, you shall not escape, but shall surely be captured and delivered into his hand. Your eyes shall see the eyes of the king of Babylon, and you shall go to Babylon. And so, sure enough, though King Zedekiah and his men slipped out through a gate in Jerusalem, right as the city was falling, even under cover of darkness, they were detected and they were chased down the road. The son of David fled from Jerusalem, abandoned his throne, abandoned his people, and he went down the road toward Jericho. And it was in the plains of Jericho that Nebuchadnezzar's men captured Zedekiah, son of David. They brought him to mighty Nebuchadnezzar, who forced Zedekiah to watch as his own sons were slaughtered before his eyes. And then the scriptures tell us Nebuchadnezzar blinded the eyes of Zedekiah and led him in chains to Babylon. The sons of David failed. They fell under the wrath and the judgment of God. All of Israel's hopes slipped out through a side gate from the city and fled away to the plains of Jericho. But in our text from Mark, a son of David appears again. Not fleeing for his own life from Jerusalem to Jericho, but traveling resolutely from Jericho to Jerusalem to offer his life as a ransom for many. On the road near Jericho, where Zedekiah had been captured only to have his eyes put out, this son of David now stands restoring the eyes of the blind and preparing to go up and claim his throne. Jesus relives and fulfills Israel's history. All which was wrong, he is reversing and restoring, lifting up the lowly, restoring sight to the blind, placing a son from the chosen line of David on the throne again over God's people. Yet what a strange and wondrous road this son of David travels on his way. As the anointed king approaches his throne, processes up to his throne, 
he gathers in his train the most motley band of subjects, drooling children, needy beggars, leaping blind men, those rebuked and rejected by others. This road to Jerusalem leads to Calvary and to the resurrection. And finally, on into new Jerusalem. The resolute journey of the son of David is not yet complete. Our risen king on this very day continues to walk his strange and lowly road to the throne of his father David in new Jerusalem. He gathers in his train such a motley band of subjects. He hears our shouts for mercy, and he stops. Today, as he passes by us, he stops to call us to himself again, to call us to lowliness and to service, and to lead us on in his train toward the joy and the justice and the peace of his eternal reign on David's throne. Thank you, dear Jesus, son of David, that you passed by the place where I sat in great need. Thank you, son of David, that even here this morning, your road winds past this place. We greet you together with Bartimaeus and all your saints calling out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. Amen.